like you to turn please to the Gospel of Luke. Luke's Gospel and reading in chapter 2. Gospel of Luke and the second chapter and we commence our reading at verse 21 Luke 2 verse 21 and the eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child his name was called Jesus which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb And when the days of our purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law. Then took he him up in his arms, and blessed God, and said, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them, and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant, Give thanks likewise unto the Lord, and speak of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew, and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. That will suffice for our reading, and we do know with the Lord's blessing. Luke, the beloved physician, 
has written for us two tremendous books in our New Testament. He wrote this gospel that bears his name, and then he follows it with another book, the Acts of the Apostles. You'll notice with me that both these books cover a period of a little more than 30 years each. In the gospel, he will bring before us the story of the Christ, and what a story that is. And then in the book of the Acts, he will unfold to us something of the story of the church. You will notice with me that in the second chapter, the chapter that we have read from earlier in this chapter, he will tell me about a birth. He'll tell me about the birth of Christ. He'll tell me exactly where it happened. Bethlehem of Judea. He'll tell me exactly when it happened. It happened at the time of the taxation. The word is, it happened at the time of the enrollment. I think that was a tremendous thing. That the Son of God would be enrolled in a register on earth. That you and I might be enrolled in the register of heaven. So Luke will tell me exactly where this birth took place. He will tell me exactly where it took place. And only as a doctor could, in delicate detail, he will tell me exactly how it happened. It is delightful to notice that when we come to the second book that Luke will write. And again we come to the second chapter. He will tell me about another birth. It's not now the birth of Christ, but it is the birth of the church. You'll notice that he will tell me where it happened. It happened at Jerusalem. He will tell me exactly when it happened. said, look, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. When Pentecost was fulfilled in all its fullness. And he will tell me exactly how it happened. You'll notice that whether it be the incoming of Christ or the incoming of the church, the Spirit of God is involved in them both. I thought it interesting to notice that in the second chapter of his gospel, not only will he tell me about the birth of Christ, but ere the chapter ends, he will tell me about that fourfold development in the life of Christ. He says of the Lord Jesus, he increased in wisdom, and in stature, and in favour with God, and with men. It is delightful we were not we it was pointed out so beautifully last evening here that at the close of Acts chapter two, that fourfold development in the life of the church, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in the fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in the prayers. You can see there are many parallels between the gospel that Luke wrote and then the next book that he wrote as well there are many wonderful themes that Luke takes up in his writings and one of the great themes that he will bring to our attention is a wonderful subject of the Holy Spirit matter of fact the second book that he wrote could well be termed not so much the Acts of the Apostles but the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles but you'll notice with me Luke will not wait to the second book till he brings that subject to our attention. He commences it right in the opening chapter of his gospel. He'll tell me in Luke chapter 1 about Zacharias the priest. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He'll tell me the very same about that man's wife Elizabeth. He'll tell me about their son John. 
He was filled with the Spirit of God from his mother's womb. That is uniquely said of John. But what I want to do this afternoon or this morning as the Lord would give help. I want to draw your attention to the Holy Spirit in relation to this man called Simeon. You notice what we have read. That the Holy Spirit was upon him. We have read secondly. It was revealed unto him by the Holy Spirit. That he should not see death. Before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And then we have read thirdly. He came by the Spirit into the temple. So I think you will agree with me. Here is a man who is motivated and controlled by this divine person. Now let me say this morning. If that was true of Simeon. How much more that ought to be true of you and I. I judge that Simeon was like Old Testament saints. Of whom we read that the Spirit of God came upon. Came upon for a particular task. A particular duty. But in this wonderful day of grace. The Holy Spirit indwells every believing heart. I like the tense of Ephesians 1 and 13. St. Paul upon believing. Upon the very act of believing. Ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I think the hymn writer got it right when he said. Soon as my all life entered. Upon the atoning blood. The Holy Spirit entered. And I was born of God. You will notice with me then. I'm thinking now of the words of Paul. In 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19. He said our body. Our body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you. And ye are not your own. Ye are bought with a price. And so I want you to keep that in mind. Our body is a very temple, is a very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. And we might well ask the question, how would the Spirit of God affect the body of a believer? I want to take Simeon as an example. I want you to notice first of all, that the Spirit of God will give Simeon an ear to hear the word of God. It's interesting, his name means hearing. You may recall that, that Jacob's second boy was called Simeon. And his mother Leah called him that for a good reason. She called him Simeon because she says, the Lord hath heard me. And so his very name means hearing. But what has he an ear to hear? My, he says, Lord, now let us thou, thy servant, depart in peace according to thy word. Here is a man, and he has an ear to hear the word of God. We have been reminded already, and I have mentioned it at the beginning of my remarks. What marked those early believers in Acts chapter 2? They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They had a love for the word of God. You know, before we were saved, this book was a closed book. We had absolutely no desire to read it. But how different when we got divine life. 
How different when we were indwelt by that divine person. The Holy Spirit has given us an appetite for the word of God. An appetite to read it. And an appetite to stir to study it. I trust that's why we have all gathered here this very day. It is a love for this blessed book. Oh, for an ear to hear the word of God. I'm not surprised that when the Lord Jesus was here in his preaching, oftentimes he would say, He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. And I think of his message to those seven companies in the book of the Revelation. He that hath an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit says unto the churches, the Spirit of God still has a word for the gathered companies of the Lord's people. Oh, for an ear to hear the word of God. I heard of a lady, and she was given a book to read. She just got into the second chapter and found it very dull and dry reading. Just put the book away in the shelf, forgot about it. But a few years later, she met the author of the book. Not only did she meet him, but she got acquainted with him. Not only did she get acquainted with him, but she fell in love with him. You can see her getting the book out again. And knocking the dust off the covers. And starting to read it. She had got to know the author. And she had got to love the author. That dear child of God is a good way just for you and I to approach our Bible. I trust we know the author. I trust we love him. And if we love him, we love his word. And ear to hear the word of God. I did notice when I was doing a little study in the consecration of the priest in Exodus 29 and in Leviticus chapter 8 we read there about the ram of consecration and we read about the blood being put upon the tip of the thumb of the right hand of the priest and the blood being put upon the great toe of the right foot of the priest but I want you to notice that before the blood ever touched the hand or ever touched the foot the blood was put upon the tip of the right ear I judge that God is teaching us this that before you and I will ever be involved in a consecrated service before I will ever walk a consecrated walk I must first and foremost have a consecrated ear I must have an ear to hear the word of God of course I don't need to go out of this very chapter to get the supreme example and that is the Lord Jesus himself I read about him at the close of Luke chapter 2 just as a tender boy of 12 he was in the midst of the doctors both you notice hearing them he had an ear to hear both hearing them and asking them questions. I read about him in Isaiah 50. His ear was opened morning by morning. His ear was opened to hear as a learned. 
The hymn writer put it like this. He said, Thy stainless life, thy holy walk, in every aspect true, from the defilement all around, no taint of evil through, morning by morning he did wake, amidst this poisoned air, yet no contagion touched his soul, no sin disturbed his prayer. I trust that everyone in this conference, we do indeed have an ear to hear the word of God. I want you to notice, secondly, not only did the Spirit of God give Simeon an ear to hear the word of God, but now you will notice that the Spirit of God is guiding his feet. It says, he came by the Spirit into the temple. And so the Spirit of God is going to guide his footsteps. Now, I know that the temple in Jerusalem, in the days of Luke chapter 2, was not all that God would have liked it to be. But do not forget that the temple in Jerusalem was God's gathering center. It was there that God had placed his name. Matter of fact, I noticed a little time ago in the book of Deuteronomy, 21 times God speaks in that book about the place that the Lord your God shall choose. You see, God had a place where he would place his name. And that's exactly where the Spirit of God is guiding Simeon to, the place of the name. Let me say this morning, God ever had in mind one thing, I'm speaking now about the New Testament, one thing in many places. Sad to say, we're living in a day and the devil has been so busy that he has many things in one place. But God ever had in mind one thing, one gathering center. And that was to be gathered unto the precious name of his beloved son. Unto him shall the gathering of the people be. I think of the words of the Savior. I trust they haven't lost their preciousness. In Matthew 18 and 20. Where two or three are gathered together. Or having been gathered together. In my name. Or unto my name. You see dear child of God. Christ is the attraction. We have nothing but Christ. And that's all we need. Let us go forth therefore unto him. Without the camp. Bearing his reproach. The spirit of God has guided Simeon to a place. And I do believe. That if the child of God. With a true heart and an open book before them. The spirit of God will still guide to one place. That's unto the precious name of the Lord Jesus. I think we have a lovely picture of this in Mark chapter 14. The Lord, Lord Jesus, he's approached by his disciples. And they say to him, Lord, where wilt thou that we prepare? You notice they didn't say, where will we prepare? They were not in interested so much where they wanted to be but they had a longing just to be in the place where he would have them to be Lord where will thou that we prepare well said the saviour you go into the city 
And there will meet you a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him. You know that man is one of the many nameless servants we find in our Bible. That I judge are a beautiful picture of the one that we're speaking about. The Holy Spirit. The Lord Jesus said of the Holy Spirit. He will not speak of himself. He will not promote himself. But he shall testify of me. And so they were to meet this man. What's he doing? Carrying a pitcher of water. The water is a symbol of the word. That's a lovely study. You will notice as you read through your Bible. From the very first reference in Genesis chapter 1. To the spirit of God. The spirit of God is always linked with the word of God. Well said the Lord Jesus. You follow him. What will happen? He'll show you something. He'll show you a large upper room furnished and prepared. I think those lovely features ought to mark every local assembly. Large. Well you say, company I come from is not that big now. No, no, I'm not talking about it in a numerical sense. I'm talking about it in a spiritual sense. You know the assembly's big. It's large enough for all the Lord's people that would acknowledge the Lordship of Christ. It's large enough for every God-given gift to operate. Whatever gift God has given to you are gifts. You'll have room for it to be exercised in the local assembly. Matter of fact, if you're willing to use it, they'll work you to death. But more than that, it's big enough for all this book. Big enough for every truth found contained inside the covers of the word of God. Oh, to appreciate how big the assembly is. Nothing nor a mind-minded about it. Matter of fact, it's the most broad-minded place upon earth. A large, an upper room. Oh, there's a dignity and a grandeur about it. It's, it's above the level of the street. There is a dignity up and gathered unto that lovely name. And furnished. I tell you. What, what would we need? I understand it was Harl Sinjin, a preacher of a past day who said on one occasion he said you would need at least four things he said you'd need a loaf of bread and you'd need a cup of wine and he said you'd need a pool or a tank of water and then he said you'd need the book how simple and yet how beautiful furnished indeed unprepared prepared at what a cost Paul, speaking to the elders at Ephesus in Acts 20, reminded them of the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. What a place. You know what I read about those disciples? They found it. They found it as he had said. I trust everyone in this gathering, redeemed by precious blood, have found a place just as he has said so the spirit of God has given an ear to hear the word of God the spirit of God now has guided his feet to a place and it is a place where Christ 
will be found. I want you to notice, thirdly, that the Spirit of God has given Simeon eyes to see Christ. He says, mine eyes have seen thy salvation. You know, there were many children undoubtedly brought into the temple. But the Spirit of God has given Simeon eyes to see the Savior. And the Spirit of God longs to do that. Said the Lord Jesus of that divine person, He will take of mine and reveal it unto you. And as we open our Bible, and as we begin to read it, the Spirit of God longs to reveal Christ to your heart and mind. After all, dear child of God, He is the subject of all the book. And if we have missed Christ, we really miss the great subject of the book. How wonderful to see Christ in our reading, in our gleaning of the Word of God. I see a lovely example of that in the story of Ruth. I think of Ruth in Ruth chapter 2. My, she has just entered the field for the first day. And she just begins to glean. Gleaning among the reapers. What was she doing? Just picking out a little straw here and another straw there. Isn't that the way we started? Just a verse here and another verse there. Just a truth here and another there. Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. But let me say for your encouragement, Ruth wasn't long cleaning in the field until she met a man in the field, a man by the name of Boaz, the mighty man of wealth. Not only did she see him, but she got personal instruction from him. What a marvellous thing. Just to see Christ in our gleanings. How wonderful to see Christ in our gatherings. I'm thinking again of the Gospel of Luke. I'm thinking of chapter 4. As the Lord Jesus stood up in the synagogue, in the very city where he was brought up, Read from the sacred scroll. What do I read? All eyes in the synagogue were fastened on him. I tell you that makes some meaning. When every eye in the company is fastened upon Christ. I read in John chapter 20. Then, then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. I trust we'll see something of him in these, this conference period. The Spirit of God gives Simeon eyes to see Christ. And then you'll notice the Spirit of God did more. The Spirit of God gives Simeon hands to handle Christ. It says he took him up in his arms. What was that? Taking Christ to himself. Appreciating Christ. I say, what a way of offering Simeon holds in his arms. When I was meditating upon that, I thought of the words of the Shulamite in that lovely song in chapter 1, I think it's verse 13. She said, a bundle of myrrh 
Is my well beloved unto me? I say this carefully. What a precious bundle. Oh, what a sacred bundle. Simeon held in his arms that day. The eternal Son of God. He took him up in his arms. Oh, for the ability to handle Christ. I thought of the words of the Apostle John in 1 John 1 and 1. He said, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. You notice that was first. Which we have heard. Which we have seen with our eyes. Which we have looked upon. We have contemplated. Then he says, our hands have handled of the word of life. I say, John, you have the privilege of hearing him? Yes. And seeing him? Yes. And scrutinizing him? Yes. You have the privilege of handling him? Yes. What did you find, John? He tells us. He says, in him is no sin. Or in him, sin is not. Here, as it were, is the meal offering. You remember that fine flower of Leviticus chapter 2? Not one coarse grain in it. That's exactly what John is saying. We handled and we never found a coarse grain. We never found a roughness. He is indeed the very finest of the wheat. Oh, that we would get to know him more. I think that was the burning compassion of the Apostle Paul in Philippians 3 he said that I might know him I might say Paul I thought you got to know him on the Damascus road oh so I did I think what Paul is saying I want to get to know as much as it's humanly possible to know of that blessed man before I see him in the glory may God help us for those eyes to be anointed with the heavenly eyes not only to see him but then to handle him then I want you to notice that the spirit of God will give Simeon lips to speak about Christ it says he took him up in his arms and he blessed God oh I know later down we read about him blessing Mary and Joseph For the man that's filled with the Spirit of God will have a word for others. But I want you to notice, ere he blessed anyone else, he blessed God first of all. He gave God his rightful place. I trust we ever endeavor to do that. To honor God. You know, I cannot, I just say this in passing. I cannot understand a brother who will travel for miles on a Lord's day whether it be to teach the saints or to preach the gospel who will travel miles to tell sinners about Christ who cannot rise on a Lord's day morning and tell God first of all about Christ God ought to get his rightful place and he he ought to get his place first 
He first of all blessed God. Give God his portion. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. And him only shalt thou serve. And so the Spirit of God has given lips to speak of Christ. What a language. Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace. According to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. You'll notice with me. His language was simple. The essence of simplicity. We should ever endeavor for that. My blessed Saviour was a master of that. Though he taught the deepest of truths, he taught it in the simplest of language. His language was simple. You notice as well, his language was short. And I say that particularly for the help of our younger brethren. Sometimes some would think, well, you know... (laughs) I I couldn't get up and go on as long as brother so and so well that's a mercy you know God only wants one of him he wants you to be yourself I think of the language of the psalmist in Psalm 45 he said my heart is indicting a good matter I speak of the things which I have made touching the king the things which I have made not what somebody else has made my own manufacture I trust we've been working at things throughout this week the things that I have made touching the king his language was simple his language was short I tell you his language was sweet but above all that his language was spiritual As he holds the Christ of God in his arms. He can speak about him. As a light to lighten the Gentiles. And the glory of thy people Israel. You know Simeon was a Jew. But he wasn't a bigoted Jew. He can appreciate this one. This one that I handle. He's a light to lighten the Gentiles. We thank God for that. But then did you notice the order? A light to lighten the Gentiles. And the glory of thy people Israel. Not only does he come to appreciate. This one is going to be a blessing to Gentiles. But there is a glorious future for the nation of Israel. I trust we believe that. And you'll notice the order. The Gentiles coming in for blessing. And then a blessing to the nation of Israel. Oh you say, where has Simeon got a grasp of all this truth? Where has he got a a grasp of, of dispensational truth and divine truth? Let me assure you, he has the very he had the very same teacher as you and I have. The Holy Spirit of God. 
For not only did the Saviour say of that divine person, He'll take of mine and reveal it unto you. He also said, He will show you things to come. So the Spirit of God has given, given Simeon lips to speak of Christ. I want you to notice something else. The Spirit of God has given Simeon longings for what is lasting and eternal with absolute confidence this man can look into the future he says Lord now let us know thy servant depart in peace one glimpse of Christ and as it were he's been weaned away from the things of earth and he's got his heart set on that that is eternal you know the ungodly I care not what they have in life they fear the future but the person indwelt with the spirit of God can look into the future with absolute confidence now you say to me that was alright for Simeon Simeon was an old man he was ready to go if I told you he was just in his late teens he was up in a student in one of the law schools in Jerusalem you say where do you get that from just the very next verse that you get that he was old you see the interesting thing is we're not told his age at all we are certainly told about Anna she was of a great age and so we think Simeon was an old man as well I'm glad we're not told his age because if we were we would say well it's alright for him he's the best of the journey over my brother my sister what I'm presenting to you this morning is applicable for the youngest believer as well as for the oldest you will notice how one glimpse of Christ affected two different people. One glimpse of Christ for Simeon, his longings to go home. Oh, Anna was different now. One glimpse of Christ, oh, she has no thought about going home. And she was of a great age. She has just a simple desire to talk of him, to speak of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem we're told that she came from the tribe of Asher and of Asher we read his bread shall be fat he shall yield royal dainties I tell you what royal dainties Anna was able to yield that day as she left the meeting you know what a meeting this was you know oh for meetings like this Mary bringing Christ in bringing the pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons I think Mary is the supreme example of how to handle the types in her Old Testament in one hand she's bringing the type in the other hand she's bringing the great anti-type in one hand she holds a shadow in the other hand she holds a substance 
pair of turtle doves. One was for a burnt offering. One was for a sin offering. Let me assure you, the one that Simeon took up in his arms was the fullness of them both. He was the whole burnt offering, all on the altar for God. He was the sin offering to meet your need and mine. What a way to come to the meeting with impressions of Christ and Simeon to lift him up in the presence of God. And then for the meeting to end, it would be good that after the conference we went home, like an Anna, with thoughts of the Saviour. Oh, may the Spirit of God create within our breast desires for that which is longing and for that which is eternal. I think Simeon could have said that day, take the world, but give me Jesus. May God bless our meditation.